0: Welcome to the First Apostolic Church Podcast. Our church mission is to love as God loves, showing compassion to every soul, thus winning those souls and equipping them to be sent out to plant and to harvest. Thank you for joining us today, and we hope that you are blessed by today's podcast. Well, I asked you a question tonight, how's the weather in your life? In a park on the island of Bermuda, there's a rock that hangs on a rope with a large sign on it and it says, weather station. Check the rock. If it's wet, it's raining. If it's moving, it's windy. If you can't see it, it's foggy. If the rock is gone, it's a tornado. <laughs> That's a pretty good weather station. In fact, it might be better than some of these guys we got today. But so I ask you tonight, how's the weather in your life? Is your rock wet? Is your life windy and being tossed around? Is your life nothing but a fog? Are you having a hard time navigating? Or maybe your life has been devastated by tornadic winds or hurricane force winds and you feel helpless and confused. Can I tell you tonight, I know a rock. It's a different kind of rock. He's an awesome rock. Peter called him the stone that the builders rejected, but now has become the head of the corner. And that rock tonight is the rock of ages. Clap for me. Let me hide myself in thee. Somebody shout his name. Oh, how many is glad you've got Jesus as the anchor of your soul tonight? Hallelujah, hallelujah. Turn with me to the book of Acts chapter 27. The book of Acts chapter 27. I don't know who this is for tonight. I wrestled with this today and uh, I tried many times to get away from it, but God kept putting it in my, uh, in my spirit. And so uh, I'm just going to obey the Lord if that's all right. See how this turns out tonight. Acts chapter 27, and we're going to just read four verses, beginning with verse 40 and uh, through 44. The Bible says, And when they had taken up the anchors, they committed themselves unto the sea, and loosed the rudder bands, and hoisted up the main sail to the wind, and made toward shore. Falling into a place where two seas met, they ran the ship aground. Somebody say they were in shallow water. Shallow water. Evidently must have been, since they ran the ship aground. Falling into a place where two seas met, they ran the ship aground. And the forepart stuck fast and remained unmovable, but the hinder part was broken with the violence of the waves. The soldiers' counsel was to kill the prisoners, lest any of them should swim out and escape. But the centurion, willing to save Paul, kept them from their purpose and commanded that they which could swim should cast themselves first into the sea and get to land. And the rest, some on boards, some on broken pieces of the ship. Some on boards, some on broken pieces of the ship. And so it came to pass that they escaped all, everybody say all, all safe to land. In other words, as they were nearing the shore, the ship ran aground in shallow waters. Can I say tonight, as far as, This old ship of Zion, we're nearing the shore. We used to sing an old song, Brother McGee, years ago. I'm nearing the shore. None of you probably know that, but just a good old song, nearing the shore. Heaven is in view. We're almost home. How many believe that the coming of the Lord is at hand? With everything that's happening in the Middle East, things that are happening in all different countries, and uh, the the bloodshed, the threats, the uh, the stage many the stage has already been set as far as prophetic events are concerned. The Lord is very very soon to come, and if He is to come at any moment at any time, now is not the time. To get stuck in shallow water. So my topic tonight is this. And if they'll put up that title screen. Don't drown in shallow waters. Turn to your neighbor and say. Don't drown in shallow waters. Pray with me. Heavenly Father we love you tonight. We thank you for this church. I thank you for this pastor. I thank you for this family. I thank you, Lord, for all that they're doing here in this vicinity. I pray that you would anoint us tonight, God, and fill our mouth with the right things to say. Bless us, God. Open up our ears to hear. In the name of Jesus Christ, bless your word, O God. Touch some hungry life that needs help and that needs deliverance and that needs encouragement. In Jesus' name I pray. And everyone said, Amen. 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 God bless you. You may be seated tonight. Now this is for those that may be here tonight that are about to enter a storm in your life. Or maybe you're currently already in a storm. Or maybe you're coming out of a storm. And let me preface by saying, I preach this message tonight not just because it's a great story, but I preach it out of experience. Life's lessons. We all have life's lessons that we learn. The Apostle Paul, as we've read, had been taken prisoner and was placed on a ship with other prisoners, and they were sailing to Rome. And after a few days of sailing, the Bible says there arose a tempestuous storm. So turbulent and so violent was this storm that it brought about fear and eventually shipwreck in shallow waters. You know, it seems tonight kind of a ridiculous notion that you could drown in shallow water, especially after you survived the deep. Seems strange that you can drown in something that you should be able to handle. Strange that you can drown in something that you should be able to master and you know how to navigate through. And, but the toughest times of life tonight are not so much in the beginning of the struggle. Because in the beginning of the struggles, you are, uh, it catches you fresh. You're uh, vibrant. It, you're you're kind of cocked for it and you're ready and dangerous. But it's when you get the closest to the shore that you and I are the most vulnerable of collapsing. Seems odd to me, and statistics say that most accidents occur just a few miles from home. Seems like if you're going to crash, you'd do it 25, 50 miles away or whatnot, but, you know, sometimes when you're closest to the shore, things become the most difficult. In my text here, we're following the Apostle Paul on a journey. and He's on a journey for the Lord. And there are some concepts, if I could just, and I just want to pull out a couple of life lessons tonight that I want to share with you that will help all of us and keep us from drowning as we get near the shore. We're almost there. Heaven's in view. I'm excited about going to heaven. Anybody in Mount Carmel tonight excited about the coming of the Lord? Hallelujah. I'm excited to hear the trumpet sound. I can't wait. I'm tired of paying bills. Yeah. I'm tired of getting phone calls. Yeah. I'm tired of being a month or two behind. Yeah. Come on. I know, I, I know you can relate to that. Yeah. You know. I'm looking forward to the coming of the Lord. But I don't want to get this close to the coming of the Lord that I drown in shallow waters. The first life lesson that I want to give us tonight, and go to that next screen if you will, don't take the presence of the storm to indicate the absence of God. Sometimes when you enter a storm, and there's all kinds of storms, ladies and gentlemen, there are health storms. There are physical storms. There are financial storms. There are emotional storms. There's all kinds of storms, and I'm not talking about storms primarily that bring down water with thunder and all of that, but I'm talking about storms in your life that most everybody else cannot see. Undetectable storms. Storms that make people think that you've you've not really been through anything. Storms that make you get up every morning and you put your smile on and, or what we call game face and uh, you go on to work and you put your clothes on and you walk to work with your game face on because you're going through a storm and you don't want nobody to know about it. Has anybody ever, gone, ever had a secret storm tonight? You know, when you're going through a physical storm, I mean, somebody can hand you an umbrella and somebody can hand you a raft or help you or give you some assistance because they're aware of your suffering. But when you're going through a secret storm, there's no comfort there because nobody knows that you're dealing with a secret situation that nobody knows about. They may be jealous of you, of the car that you're driving, not knowing that you're two payments behind. They may be jealous of the house that you're living in, not knowing that you're upside down in it and possibly heading for foreclosure. They're envious of the position that you were just promoted to on your job, not knowing that now that you've been promoted to it, that you can't rest at night and can't sleep at night because of all of this added stress. That's now upon your life. You've got so much pressure on you, so much responsibility on you, and all of a sudden you're in a storm and nobody knows about it. People today are drowning, not so much in water, but they're drowning in debt. They're drowning in fear. They're drowning in depression. They're drowning in sin. We've got even people in church, saints, amen, Christian folks who ought to know better yet they're drowning in bitterness and they're drowning in anger and they're drowning in unforgiveness and drowning in jealousy. They have chips on their shoulders. They're spiritually dysfunctional and they're sitting in churches all around the country Yet, and they're drowning in self-pity and drowning in hurt feelings and offenses and drowning in the way that it should be or the way that it should have turned out. Yet we come to church with our game face on and our smile on and hope nobody picks up on it. And when we get in a storm, you know what we do, ladies and gentlemen? We have a tendency to wonder, God, where are you? Job said, I looked for him. He was there a minute ago but now I can't find him. I, I, I looked on my right side and I couldn't find him. I looked on my left side and I couldn't find him there either. Amen. I, I could not perceive him. Where is God in the storm? And the reason we ask that question is because we buy into the notion that if God is with us, we wouldn't have a storm. That if God was really with us, I would be happy. If God was really with me, I, every th- life would be smooth. That if God was really on my side, we'd have no family problems, and and, uh, and we, our bills would all be paid. Hello, how can God be with us and me be in foreclosure, Brother Sizemore? How can God be with me and the doctors tell me that I have cancer? How can that happen? Job said, I can't figure it out. How can my kids die and God be with me? How can my house burn to the ground and my livestock be destroyed if God is with me? I looked for him. I prayed for him. I sought after him. He was there a minute ago. He said, I was perfect and upright. Amen. One that eschewed evil. But when I looked for him, when I needed him the most, I could not find him. How I many has ever been there? Uh, I think one reason why Job could not find him is because it's hard to see in a storm. It's hard to see in a storm. That's why he told us to walk by faith, not by sight. Amen. You, you cannot see in a storm. Don't, don't look for God to be sensual in your storm, ladies and gentlemen. He may not appeal to your senses because your senses add to your comfort and God may not make you comfortable in your storm. But just because you're in the presence of the storm, the storm does not negate the presence of God, nor does it indicate the absence of God. In fact, if you really want to see God do his best work, then get in trouble. Hello? Now you may think God, well, Brother Snyder, God does his best work when I'm at church and the music's pumping. Amen. And I'm clapping my hands and we're shouting around the aisles and, 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 and we're having, you know, and having a good time. That's when God comes down and does his best stuff. No, 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 no. I know that God visits our praise. The Bible says he inhabits the praises of Israel. So I understand that God visits our worship. But if you want to know where God really lives, he lives in trouble. Does not the Bible say that he is a very present help in the time of trouble? Bible says, amen, so, if, he, so if, he, if he's a very present help and if you're looking for God, look in the storm. He's in the storm. He may not be saying anything, Peter. You may find him in the back of the boat, amen, with his head on a pillow, amen, and, and, and you think you're about to jump off the boat and say, God, don't you care that we perish? He cares. In fact, he knows exactly where you are. In fact, he promised he would be with you. Amen. Now, let me tell you something about the promises of God. Anytime God promises you something, get ready for trouble. Now, you may have never heard it that way, and I may rock your boat tonight, but anytime God promises you something, get ready for trouble. Now, I've never... I, I've, I've never I've never promised for the Mason the obvious. You know? I've never promised the obvious. I never promised my wife that I would be a good white man. It's obvious. You know? Uh, I, I I you know, I didn't say I promise you that I will remain a male. And in our day, folks, that's a big deal. Hello? But when I walked down the aisle and married my wife, I didn't want her to have to question if I was going to stay a male or not. I'm as much male now as I was then. Hello? I might need a life raft here in a minute. I'm getting into some deep water here. You know. But, I mean, you never promise the obvious. But when you give a promise, when you, you give a promise when you know that something is going to come that may make you doubt. If you write a check, a check is a promissory note. You, you, you cannot spend it right then, but it's a promise that the money's behind it. And whenever God promises you something, he's saying that you may not have it in the central realm right now, but I promise you, God says, it's in there. And I ask you, has God ever promised you anything? Has he ever promised anything that he could not back up? Has God ever promised you anything that he could not deliver on? The answer to that is absolutely no. He said, I'll be with you always, always. Mm, hallelujah! even until the end of the world so I don't have to worry I don't have to fret I don't have to get fearful I don't have to complain because even though I can't feel him and I can't see him and I can't hear him I've got a promise this evening that God is with me somebody shout hallelujah hallelujah he's with me In the storm in fact it goes a little bit gets a little bit better amen God gave us a promise even in the Old Testament go to that next slide he said in Isaiah chapter 43 he said when thou passest through the waters amen I will be there and through the rivers they shall not overflow thee when thou walkest through the fire thou shalt not be burned neither shall the flame kindle upon thee for I am the Lord thy God the Holy One of Israel, I'm your savior, Jesus says. How many is glad you've got a savior like that tonight? A savior that knows exactly where you are, a savior that's familiar with your infirmities, and he says, I'm not gonna leave you, I'm not gonna forsake you, I'm with you in the storm. (laughs) Slap your neighbor and say, he's with you tonight. Woo, he's with you tonight, praise God. When he, said, I, when he said, when you pass through the waters, he said, he would not have said that as if, if his presence would not have been apparent because we're never promised the obvious. But when he said, when you pass through the waters, he said, hey, you got my word on it. I'm with you. You may not see me. You may not feel me. You may not hear me. You may not even sense me, but while you're stroking, and while you're struggling, and while you're trying to swim through all the mediocrity of this world, understand one thing, you're not stroking by yourself. (laughs) When I come to church and I got problems, I'm not worshiping by myself. I'm not swimming by myself. Mm, hallelujah. So don't be so aware of the storm tonight that you lose awareness of God so by the time we get to verse 20 in that chapter the sky is black the ocean waves are rocking gale winds are blowing rain is beating down it's cold it's blistery and the Bible says in verse 20, go to that next, that next slide or two. Amen. Next slide. Bible says, and when neither sun nor stars in many days appeared and no small tempest lay on us, all hope that we should be saved was taken away. That's getting pretty low. I'm sure they looked at one another and said, hey, we're going to perish. We're not going to make it. Storms, storms beaten. Things are rough. You know we're not getting any answers, and there's no rescue helicopters coming. There's no beacon to send out. We're we're not going to make it. They've lost all hope. You and I would be amazed tonight at how many Americans right now are in that vein. Lost hope. Lost hope in our government. Lost hope in our economy. Lost hope in the mighty dollar. You know, things keep getting, getting going, going sky high, gas and, and cost of living. You, you name it. And people losing their jobs and, and nowhere to go. And, and families becoming dysfunctional and torn apart over it. He said all hope was gone, taken away. And the Bible says, but after, next verse, but after long abstinence, <laughs> Paul stood forth in the midst of them and said, sirs, you should have hearkened unto me and not have even loosed from Crete to begin with, really, and have gained this harm and this loss. Paul said, you should have listened to me because we shouldn't have even left to begin with. But now that you wouldn't listen, now we're having to go through this hardship. And Paul says in verse 22, he says, and now I exhort you to be of good cheer, for there shall be no loss of any man's life among you, but of the ship. For there stood by me this night, mm, the angel of God, whose I am and whom I serve, saying unto me, fear not, Paul, for thou must be brought before Caesar and lo, God hath given all them that sail with thee. Wherefore, verse 25, sirs, be of good cheer, for I believe, God, that it shall be even as it was told me. Whoever it was that was steering the ship was steering in the central realm where the storm lived, but the real guide was in the storm. Yeah. Yeah. And the question I have for us tonight is are you steering your life based on what you see? Or are you steering your life based on what you believe? Huh? I don't know who you may be tonight but I suspect there's somebody here tonight that's maybe going through some storms in your life. And you, But let me encourage you tonight. You don't steer through the storm based on the conditions of the storm. You steer through the storm based on the solidarity of your faith and understand like Paul, this too shall pass. Woo! Wait, 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 wait just a minute. I think we need to settle this once and for all tonight. Let's settle this right off the top. Let's fix the end from the beginning before the first lightning flashes, before the first thunder rolls, amen, before I even get wet. Let's settle this once and for all. When you see the dark clouds coming and you start to feel the moisture in the air, let's settle the end from the beginning and realize I am coming out of this. (laughs) <laughs> Paul said be of good cheer we're coming out of this slap somebody and say you're coming out of this tonight I'm coming out of this I don't know how I don't know when but I had an angel visit me last night and came down and got right next to me and told me everything's gonna be alright somebody shout yes hallelujah I'm coming out of this slap your neighbor and say I'm coming out of this I'm coming out of this I don't have any details but I'm coming out of this I don't know where the money's going to come from but I'm coming out of this I don't know if, I have, if it's going to be through divine healing or if I got to take medicine but one way or the other I'm coming out of this I don't know if they have to lay hands on me or if I gotta go through therapy, but I do know I'm coming out of this. Somebody shout, hallelujah! Hallelujah. Oh, we need some faith in this house tonight. Somebody shout, thank you, Jesus. Woo! I think we ought to make a declaration right now that the devil can hear loud and clear. Satan, I'm coming out of this. You can't hold me down. I'm coming out of this. If I got to pray my way out, if I got to shout my way out, if I got to sing my way out, I'm coming out of this. Because if God be for me, who can be against me? Oh, I wish somebody would shout, give the Lord some praise right now in this place. Mm. Hallelujah. 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 I'm feeling encouraged in the Holy Ghost here tonight. This place. Mm. You may have your game face on tonight, and that's okay. But God knows the secrets of your heart. And he knows what you're going through. You may never admit it. You may never expose it. But God knows. Just don't be distracted by the storm. That you forget that God's still with you. Somebody shout amen. amen. Sit down a minute. Sit down. Paul said, okay. The storm has started. The beginning has occurred. I don't know what we're, we're all going to have to go through to get to the end of it. But Paul had confidence. He says, Once this, one thing I know I had a visit last night from an angel. How many would like to get an angel visit? Come right down by your bedside. Tap you on the shoulder and say, hey, sister. Hey, brother. It's going to be okay. I know you're going through the storm, and I may not calm the storm right now, but I'll go through it with you. Just like I was with the three Hebrew children in the fiery furnace, I didn't deliver them out of it, I just went through it with them. Hallelujah. Fear not, somebody shout, "Fear fear not. Tap your neighbor and say, put your fear back on the shelf. Fear not. In fact, he told them, be of good cheer. All right, now we got a smile. Show those dentures. Amen. I don't care if your teeth are white or brown; it doesn't matter. You, we need, we need to, we need to get some joy back in the church. Oh, we need to get some happiness in our worship. We need to let the devil know: Hey, devil, you're not taking midtown. I may be knocked out or down, but I'm not knocked out. I'm gonna get back up. I'm going to go to house and worship. I'm going to read my Bible. I'm going to pray because he that is for me. Oh, hallelujah. Satan, I'm coming out of this. How do you know you're coming out, Brother Sizemore? Because I know God's with me. Jesus is with me in the storm. The storm may blow a lot of things away from me, but the storm will never blow him away. Woo. Hallelujah. Let's settle on this issue tonight. He is with me in the storm. He's with you in the storm. Amen. You may, not, you, you, may not be, you may not be with me. My parents may not be with me. My friends may not be with me. But he's with me. So storm, if you fight against me, you got to fight against him too. I heard a, I heard an interesting story the other day about elderly people. And it said that elderly people have been proven, statistically, to live longer if they have anything living in the house with them. Now this you can Google this, statistically, anything living in the house beside yourself, you will live longer. I mean anything even if husband and wife don't like each other, at least you got somebody to argue with. Hello? You know, you got somebody to roll your eyes at. They say, you'll live longer. Isn't that crazy? That blew my mind. Then it didn't stop there. Then they said, If you don't have another person, but if you had a cat or a dog or a goldfish to feed or something to worry about or something to take care of, if you've got anything living with you, you will live longer. That's what they said. But if you don't have anybody or if you don't have a cat, and you don't have a dog. Oh, let me put it this way. If, if a cat, Brother McGee, and a dog's presence can increase the years of your life, how much more can the presence of the Lord increase the years of your life? <laughs> I cannot forget that I'm not in this by myself. I'm not driving to work tomorrow by myself. I'm not paying these bills tomorrow by myself. I'm not taking this medicine by myself. I'm not raising all these kids by myself. I'm not holding this house together by myself. Be of good cheer, Paul says, for I believe God. So don't allow, go to that next slide. Don't allow... Next slide. The presence of the storm to indicate or make you doubt the presence of God. Now, my heart goes out to Paul. I mean, he's already been through a lot. The Lord is using the ship to get him to his destiny. Now watch this. And then the thing that Paul was counting on, riding on, protected by, runs aground and starts coming apart. What do you do when what God gave you to ride in starts coming apart? Do you give up hope? Do you throw up your hands? Do you just walk away? May I suggest to you tonight God did not promise that the ship would make it. He promised you would make it. He didn't promise the ship that he was riding on. The ship that he was going to be with the boat, he promised Paul. He said, Paul, I'm going to be with you, not the ship. So, next slide. Number two. Don't preserve the temporary. Don't ever define success by the temporary, folks. Don't ever ask God to preserve the temporary. Don't ever make My dad always told me, he said, son, don't ever make permanent decisions from temporary circumstances. So don't ask God in your prayer time to preserve the temporary. See, God promised to get you there. He didn't say how. God promised to bring you through, but he didn't say by what means. If you're not careful... Let me be careful as I say this. You power hungry males. You controlling women. Oh, I need a life jacket now. If you're not careful, you will put all of your energy into preserving the boat. Not understanding that success is not determined by preserving the temporary. And if you're not careful, you can put all of your work in preserving something that God only gave you for a season. Let me say it this way. Every, I believe every blessing is not meant to last the entire journey. God brings some people into your life to help you get from point A to point B. And if you're not careful, by the time you get to point B, you stop. Instead of going on to point C. Because you're trying to preserve what you had at point B. Not understanding that God's got something else to carry you the rest of the way that you don't even know about. What I'm trying to say here is just because the ship comes apart doesn't mean that you have to come apart. I mean, can you imagine being on this boat, bound, tied? Paul is stressed. He's weary. He's tired. And the thing you were counting on to get you to the other side. The job that you thought you would retire with to get you to the other side. The house you thought you would have the rest of your life to get you to the other side. But the storm gets it. How many of you have ever lost some stuff in the storm? Lost some friends in the storm. Lost some people in the storm. Lost some family members in the storm. Lost some relationships in the storm. And it made you feel like a failure. But you're not a failure tonight. It was just a temporary blessing. If it was meant to stay, it wouldn't have left. In fact, the destruction of the boat could be an announcement that you've arrived to your destination. Hello? So stop grieving over the boat. The boat did not retain its original form. Let me say that again. The boat did not retain its original form. And in all due respect to all of us tonight, I I may put an arrow right through the heart of many of your problems right now, but the reason you haven't gotten over it is because you're still in love with what you had. And you think that if your life does not retain the same shape it started with, then you don't think you're gonna go anywhere. Let me say it this way. The boat did not cease to exist. It just took on another form. It wasn't as comfortable. It wasn't as glorious. But the Bible says, even when life takes on another form and it's all broken in pieces, yes. grab a piece. Yes. <laughs> grab a piece of whatever you have left and hold on. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and the Bible Watch this. The Bible said that Paul and the rest of the prisoners, even though they were in shallow waters, they jumped into the water, grabbed a piece of wood, a board, or something that was left, and they floated right on in to shore. May I say tonight, just because things are broken in your life doesn't mean that you will not survive. Let me say that again. Just because things are broken in your life does not mean that you will not survive. Stop trying to glue the boat back together. It may not ever be like it was, but grab whatever you've got left and hold on to it until you get to where God Wants you to be. Hallelujah. Stop crying over the spilled milk. It's over. It's gone. What I'm trying to tell us tonight is you, can't be, you cannot be saved by what it was. Or by what it used to be. You can only be saved by what it is right now. Somebody said amen? Amen. If Paul and the prisoners thought that the only way they could be saved was on a boat that was completely together, a boat that had it all together, a church that had it all together. Well, Pastor McGee, I like the church down the road because they got it all together. They they got this going. They got that going. Man, they're having a revival. They got it all together, you know. Just because the boats all together doesn't mean that you'll make it to shore. I hope you're reading between the lines here. You know. Well, but they do it this way. They do it that way. And I like the way they do it. Well. If you want to jump ship, that's fine. The main thing is you've got to be happy. Because I don't like going to heaven with a sourpuss. I mean, pardon, pardon the, the, the language here, but I mean, let's just tell it like it is. You know, I mean, some people are just sour, negative all the time, just, you know, complaining all the time. Well, I like this way. I don't like that way. It's happening, you know. And, you know, and all of a sudden the boat's falling apart, and so you're ready to jump ship. As far as Paul was concerned, there was no ship to jump to. But God told Paul, "Say, Paul, you're in shallow waters. We're almost, folks. Can I t- can I say this tonight? In all the love that I know how, we're too close to the shore." We're too close to the coming of the Lord to be jumping around. Hello? We're too close to the coming of the Lord to get your feelings hurt. We're too close to the coming of the Lord wishing that it was like it used to be. We're too close for that. Because all you'll do is complain. All you'll do is find something to murmur. I mean, if you look at Jesus long enough, you'll find something wrong. You know? Yeah. We've all got our flaws. We've all got our shortcomings. We've all got, we've all got our, our difficulties. And we're going through life and we're nearing the shore. But I don't want to get this close to the coming of the Lord and get stuck in shallow water and not make it all the way. Folks, you've got to have a commitment in your life that if, I, if God's brought me this far, I'm staying in church and I'm going to stay a hold of the things that God has given me and I'm going to make it all the way home. I'm not going to drown in shallow water. I'm not going to drown this close to the coming of the shore. And if you're not careful, and I'm, I'm speaking to saints here, I'm, I'm, I'm preaching to the choir right now, but We've got to be careful, folks. You might say, oh, I've been in church all my life. That's wonderful. That's great. You know, I'm glad you've got a, a, a wonderful record and a wonderful history, you know, and, and your attendance has been great and paying, paying your tithes and offerings and you've been faithful. That's wonderful. That's great. But, folks, you can still get to the shore or just a few feet from the shore and get into shallow water where you should be able to swim. How sad it would be to get this close to the shore and drown. Miss the coming of the Lord. Just because it's not like it used to be. Just because that the boat hasn't gotten the same shape that you started with. Oh, help me Jesus tonight. Hallelujah. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm going to make it on what I got left. They took what it was, not what it used to be, but they still took what it was and it was still enough for them to make it all the way in. Hallelujah. I can't make it on what I lost, folks. I can't make it on what it used to have. I can't make it on what I used to be. I can only make it on what I've got right now. If if I needed more boat, God would have given me more boat, but he didn't promise to save my boat. He promised to save me understand tonight your life may be in pieces uh, but you can make it on pieces i said you can make it on pieces hallelujah i worry about the world we live in today and i'm i'm coming to a close because i mean i'm worried about some folks Because if we run into some real trouble, I mean real trouble, I don't know if they could survive or not. You know, because people today don't know how to do anything unless they got everything. You know? Young people today can't cook oatmeal unless it's instant. I mean... They can't make cornbread without Jiffy. They can't fry chicken unless it's shake and bake. They can't make dinner without a microwave. I'm in some deep waters. I mean, back when I was young, we didn't have a microwave. Whatever mom cooked, it came out of the refrigerator. Huh? She cooked it on the stove. And if we didn't have corn, she used carrots. And if we didn't have carrots, she used yesterday's corn. And if we didn't have fresh eggs, well, then she would mix the mashed potatoes and the corn together and make potato cakes. Oh, I'm getting hungry now. I worry about some folks, you know, I mean, if we really get into some real trouble, I don't know if they can make it. I say that tonight to say, you don't have to be perfect to have a perfect marriage. Hello? You don't have to have a perfect job to pay the bills. Everybody in the church doesn't have to like you in order to have church. You can make it on broken pieces. Hello? So stop focusing on what you lost and start living on what you have left. Touch three people and say, I'm going to be all right. I'm going to be all right. I'm going to be all right. Let the thunder roar. Let the lightning flash. I'm going to be all right. Let the wind blow. I'm going to be all right. I don't have to have everything, but if all I've got left, if this is all i got left, whoo, if this is all I got left, then I know I'm going to make it to the shore. If the ship goes down, I still got his word. If I lose my job, I still got his word. If I lose my family, I've still got a plank. If, I lo- if all I've got left is a piece of faith, if all i got left is a piece of mercy, if all I've got left is a little bit of love, if all I've got left is the word of God, then I'm not gonna drown in shallow waters. Touch somebody else and say, I'm gonna be all right, I'm gonna be all right. This is what saved me from drowning. This is what saved me from the deep. I may be in shallow waters nearing the shore, and my whole life may be in pieces but if i got a plank paul said fellas dive overboard and find you bible says some on pieces some on boards but they made it to the shore right so folks no this may not be the crystal cathedral today you know we may not, we may not have the Perfect building. You may not have the perfect pastor. You may not have the perfect music, although it's awful close. You may not have perfect saints, perfect friends, and it sure may not be like it used to be. But the Bible says the boat got into shallow water and it started coming apart. I wonder. How many is here tonight that if this church burnt down tomorrow, you'd be here Wednesday night for church? A piece of worship can keep me from drowning. A board of prayer can keep me from drowning. A piece of faithfulness can keep me from drowning. The devil meant it for bad, but God meant it for good. If all you've got is a piece of what is left, then hold on to what you've got left. The main thing is get to shore. You've got to make it to heaven. Don't drown in shallow waters. Stand with me tonight, if you will, everybody. Musicians come and I don't know who this was for tonight but if you're here in just a few moments we're all going to come down to the front and if you're struggling if you're in a secret storm you're going through some things that nobody knows about and you've come with your game face on and trying to make everybody believe that you're okay when really you're not and you're in a tempestuous storm then tonight first of all remember God's in it with you and don't preserve the temporary there's a whole lot of more points we could share but tonight realize where you are every year me and my brother and our sons we take a trip to Canada every year A fishing trip. And we go up, cross over the Great Lakes, and go on up into Canada another hour and a half just to this wilderness lodge. It's a fishing camp. And we spend a week just fishing. No cell phones. No women. I don't say that derogatory tonight. We love the women of our church, we love the men of our church but it's up there in solitude and have a big time fish for walleye fish for smallmouth bass fish for pike and uh we've been doing this for the last about the last 15 years every year just just us and our sons maybe another friend or two would go with us a couple years ago we you of course you fish you fish in the morning and in the evening during the day you don't fish so there's trails that you can hike and or you could just go and rest, read a book, or have some solitude. And this one year we all decided to take a canoe trip during the day. So we got in the canoe, went to the up into the what's called the Mississauga River. Beautiful, crystal clear river river, cold. Scenery is just breathtaking. Eagles, you name it. We took our little fishing poles and, you know, maybe catch some trout as we're going down the river. And so, um, and so we all got in the canoes, and I was, I was in one, and I was in the front, and my daughter-in-law's father was uh, in the back, and he was kind of steering. And so uh, his name was Ed. And so we're all going down. There's about five or six boats, you know, and we're just enjoying, just, you know, just, you know, I, I felt like Daniel Boone. I just, you know, just going down the river. We was rowing, Brother McGee, and the scenery. All of a sudden, we came up on some rapids. So we, they were small. Hallelujah. And so we navigated and maneuvered our canoe through the rapids and made it fine and came back to another, you know, calm place. And we were just, oh, the trip. It was about a six-mile trip. And we were just enjoying the trip. So all of a sudden, we came upon some more little rapids, and the little rapids turned into big rapids. And so we're going, and I said, Ed, you steer back there now because... You know, I'll I'll try to maneuver the front. We'll do the best we can to get through this. And so, so the rapids and we're rocking and we're going up and down, you know. And all of a sudden, somehow, I don't know, he never blamed me and I never blamed him. But the boat got kind of turned a little sideways and flipped us. And there went all of our fishing gear and, you know, and everything we had, we just you know, got in the water, and I just started flaying, and I just started splashing. I said, oh, no, Ed, we're out here in Canada. We're going to drown. What are we going to do? You know, and they say when you're close to death that your life flashes before you, you know, and I kept looking for that, but I didn't see it. So I was, Brother Mason, I was floundering. I was screaming, oh, Ed, you know. We don't, how are we going to call the wives? And we're, we're, we're going to drown out here. And all of a sudden, I heard Ed yell. And he said, stand up, you knucklehead. <laughs> and I got my wits about me, and I stood up, and I was in two feet of water. Maybe there's someone here tonight that just needs to stand up. Your life is being tossed. You think you're down for the count. No hope. But you're in shallow water. We're close to the shore. All you need to do is stand up. Here's what I want tonight. We're going to sing a song of praise. I don't Thank you for listening. If you would like more information about our services and activities, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter with the username FACMC. Again, that's F-A-C-M-C. Thank you and have a blessed day.